Welcome to I Like the Way You Work It, a podcast from your friends at Dateline Digital Printing. At Dateline, we care a lot about taking unusually good care of people and helping them do their very best work. This podcast is a gift to the remarkable people we have the honor of serving. And now, I Like the Way You Work It, with your host, Jeff Welch. everybody what is up i am jeff welch and welcome to another episode of i like the way you work it today i am talking with yeti bay evans who is the alaska native education director for the fairbanks north star borough school district and we are talking in this conversation about honoring your heritage about her work with students about overcoming biases and of course riding bikes with friends Yeti Bay is really cool, and I think that you're going to get a lot of value from hearing some of her experiences. And I, I hope that at the end of this conversation, what you walk away with is the realization, or at least the reminder, that regardless of what color our skin is or where we come from, uh, at this base level, we are all human, and we are far more alike than we are different. So you and I have crossed paths a number of times through Leadership Fairbanks Mm -hmm. Cultural Awareness. It's been called a few different things, but uh, we'll call it the Cultural Awareness Day. And one of my favorite things is the introductions Mm -hmm. that we go through as part of that, because the way that I introduce myself is very much about, I'm Jeff, here are all the cool things about me, right? And in Alaska Native cultures, that is kind of flipped on its head a little bit. Mm-hmm. So can can we do what would be considered maybe a, a, at least somewhat a traditional Alaska Native introduction here? Sure. Um, well, thanks for having me, Jeff. Oh, absolutely. Uh, my name's Yeti Bay Evans. I'm the daughter of Donna Galbraith from Intasta and the daughter of Jeffrey Mann from Massachusetts and the granddaughter of Molly Galbraith from Mintasta and Bansonides, and the granddaughter of the late Don Galbraith from Michigan. That's on my uh, maternal uh, grandparents' side because we're a matrilineal clan system. And so generally we acknowledge that side when introducing ourselves. But uh, also on my father's side, I'm the daughter of um, Sally Grugan from Pennsylvania. And... um, uh, John Mann from um, Connecticut, and um, it's a really interesting way uh, in which my parents came together. Uh, my dad came up here to go to Mount Edgecombe in his senior year of high school, and he was the only Caucasian man or young man in the entire school, and um, he had an incredible immersion into Alaska Native culture uh, while going to Mount Edgecombe and then returned out to the East Coast to go to the University of Rochester, New York. Didn't like it and came back <laughs> to uh, UAF actually to go to college here and um, met my mom and in the meantime learned how to speak fluent Yupik, um, was uh roommates with a young man from Bethel area and would go out on breaks um, to that um, village and, you know, just 
fish and hunt and uh, really was just a big part of the family. He was the tallest person there <laughs> and was definitely initiated into a lot of different experiences. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. I love... And maybe you can speak to more of like where that comes from or, or why introductions are, are done in that fashion. But I love that it calls back like very in, in business culture yeah. here in Fairbanks and in the U.S. and all this. It's very much about here's what I've accomplished. Here's why I'm important. Here are all my credentials. Mm -hmm. And this seems very much focused on here's where I come from. Right. These are my people. And I am a result of their hard work. And, and That's exactly I'm here to make my success is really to make them proud to to mm -hmm. show where i've come from and i think that's fascinating because again it's just sort of contrary to we live in a very self-promotional world here and, yeah and, i think you're uh, hitting the, the nail on the button yeah. um uh in our culture and many different alaska native cultures one of the common values is humility and um, i think it's a great way to practice humility yeah. um, when you're talking about your own personal identity you wouldn't be who you are today without the people that came before you yeah. and um, i think about you know all of my ancestors and what they've endured um, over you know even just the last hundreds of mm. hundred years and what my grandmother has experienced going from a nomadic lifestyle to to being in town all, mm -hmm. um, all the time and, um, you know, going from fishing and trapping and hunting on a year-round basis uh, to, to, to sustain life to now um, being food provided for her on a continual basis. And um, the different changes that we've seen over time, um, I think about uh, the Russians uh, as they came into Alaska and um, in the interior where I'm from, Mintasta, um, Bansanides and Suslote area, uh, the Russian people didn't have a whole lot of influence as they did on the coastal regions, but um, there they um, decided that they wanted to take the women and children and um, do away with the men. But my ancestors rebelled against them and ended up killing them. But in the meantime, um, one of my uh, great grandmas uh, was taken by one of the Russian men and subsequently had my um, great uncle and uh, my great grandma. And so this is like a great, great um, grandmother that this happened to. Yeah. And so anyways, you know, thinking about that devastation, that trauma that occurred, but then realizing like, wow, you know, they overcame, mm -hmm. they, um, you know, went through a lot of these different things to bring me to this place that I am today. And I couldn't say that I do all these things without their strength and determination and um, just ability to get through life. Yeah. When, when we went through that as a group, so you've got 20, 25 students. And so, I mean, this takes a considerable amount of time for right. everyone in the room to do it. And I think that the, the there were a couple of exa examples given, you know, there were some very generous people who showed up and said, we're going to, we're going to lead this and we're going to show you how it's, how it's done. And then kind of it goes around the room. And I think that there was a lot of like trepidation at first, like, Ooh, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. This is different, you know, but people loved it. Um, and I think it really turns it on. It's, it's sort of like, I, I better show up and do good work because these are the people I represent. So when <laughs> right. I'm like a, 
uh, lazy, good for nothing scumbag. <laughs> I'm not. That's not just me. That, I'm representing my family in that mm-hmm. way, and so I better show up and really be a productive member of society and try to contribute something valuable. Yeah. Because I don't want to put shame on my family, and and mm-hmm. I just I thought it was beautiful, and it was fun for me to sort of talk through it and to like realize, wow, my. My family's kind of cool. Like mm-hmm. my my uh, parents and grandparents have done some neat things, and right. um, and it's cool to be able to carry that forward. And hopefully, my kids and grandkids yeah. will think of me in the same way. We'll see. And it's also a great way to know, you know, um, for like elders to know who yeah. you are, yeah. uh, because they often, you know, haven't seen you grow up throughout the years, and you might only see them, you know, every now and then. And if they know who your parents and grandparents are, mm-hmm. then they're like, oh. And then they get a sense of who yeah, you are yeah. and it just creates that familiarity and, and kinship. Yeah, that's neat. Well, I'm constantly in awe of the the generosity and vulnerability of the participants in this cultural awareness day. Um, you've been both a participant and you've led sessions. Uh, so you've been materially involved uh, a number of times and uh, often there'll be like a, a fishbowl session where... Um, we as the students are literally on this outer ring just listening to um, Alaska Native people talk about uh, some of the challenges they face, some of the things that uh, maybe aren't visible to everybody else, but that they've experienced. And uh, I mean, that it's, it's remarkable as somebody watching that um, these folks would come in and be so generous and vulnerable in a room full of people they don't know from anybody. I mean, it's really amazing. Why... Why do you think that those kind of experiences are valuable? The the, the idea that um, the the inside stories mm. um, would be told, and that um, participants in a group like that would have a broader understanding of where the Alaska Native people are coming from. I think um, it's a great opportunity to dive deep quickly, mm. and um, you know. Sometimes those conversations are not able to be held um, for a long time in different relationships. And for the um, leadership training um, and the participants to be able to, um, you know, have that deep dive with a group of people that sometimes our circle and the inner circle, we don't even know each other that Mm -hmm. that well. And it works, I think, a little bit more. when we have those deeper relationships because we're a little bit more comfortable, Mm -hmm. but it's definitely intimidating having a circle of people listen to some of your most intimate uh, experiences uh, with, you know, growing up as an Alaska Native person. And I think that um, it's an opportunity to, um, you know, really understand a unique perspective that... um, isn't really talked about. Um, you know, you go through the workplace, you go through uh, life, you know, often just, how you doing? Um, great. You know, had a good workout session today. Yeah. I'm so busy at Surface, work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then um, people don't understand that there are often these little um, and sometimes big um, inequities that occur in our lives and we've experienced them as uh, kids we've experienced them as adults and um, you know you wonder in my opinion anyway I wonder uh, as I go through life is this experience 
because I am a woman of color? Is this experience because I am Alaska Native? Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting because <clears throat> I am also three quarters Caucasian, but my appearance makes mm -hmm. me look like a minority. Mm -hmm. And so I've always been in the other category um, in school, uh, in the workplace. And so when you when you get placed into the other category, uh, <laughs> you have to learn how to be tough. You have to learn how to navigate life uh, a little, I think, um, with a little bit more armor, I mm -hmm. would say, because you want to protect yourself. You want to be able to protect uh, who you are as a human and be able to go home at night and um, still be happy. And um, being able to share some of those moments where you felt like you had to, you know, had to put up that armor. Um, it's a different experience for sure. And I think that the leadership, um, uh, you know, participants, they're, it's a really amazing um, time for them because not many people get that opportunity. And, you know, I've known a couple people throughout the years in those sessions and have had conversations outside of um, the circle, outside of the um, event. And, you know, some people are like, are you sure that really happened? Like, I didn't think that happened that way. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, this is a this is a reality. Yeah. Um, you know, people can share a lot of really um, hateful words or, you know, even body language or just not inviting, you know, to yeah. the table yeah. or to the event or whatever you want to say. Um, and uh, it's a great after conversation um, to follow up. And uh, I'm open to those questions, you know, when mm -hmm. folks approach me and whatnot, just to seek clarification or to see if that you know, really happened or whatever. <laughs> um, but it's definitely interesting. Yeah. That the, the willingness to come share like that, like when I think of what it takes to come tell really hard stories from your past in a room full of people you don't know, no matter what color your skin is, no, from a human level, that's a difficult thing to do. Do you think that the participants, when, when they're coming into something like this, that there's a sense of responsibility that uh, we want these stories to be, to be known about, we want these stories to be heard, and I'll do the hard thing? Um, where do you think it comes from, the, the, the bravery or whatever you want to call it, to get in front of a group of people you don't know and tell hard stories? I think it comes from a uh, passion for um, bettering our communities and building relationships across cultures, ac across boundaries, across um, different business sectors. Mm -hmm. And um, indigenous people, uh, from my perspective, have always been a very generous group of people and willing to help and share um, in a multitude of capacities. And one of the ways in which we can share now is by sharing our lives so that we can broaden the perspectives and um, build, you know, relationships. And we also see that, and I also see, I can't speak for everybody, but I think that it has a, um, a benefit to... Um, 
our people as well, because a lot of leaders in our communities are working right alongside Alaska Native people. They're hiring, um, you know, supervising, and if we can help create a better understanding and um, broaden a perspective of you know, supervisor, uh, somebody that's a hiring manager, then we can help employ you know, our yeah. fellow um, Alaska Native people, which is always helpful um, in any community. And getting into hiring yeah. some of the um, you know, cross-cultural communication styles, I think, are really um, something that all hiring managers yeah. should uh, gain an understanding about. Sure. Because, as I mentioned earlier, um, you know, humility is a big uh, part of our culture, is a value. And it can be hard to talk about ourselves, especially in an interview process where you're already nervous, mm -hmm. and then somebody's asking you questions in a roundabout way, uh, when you're supposed to figure out what exactly that is yeah. they're asking and to then talk about yourself. It's really uncomfortable, but if we can um, understand that, you know, this person has grown up with this value yeah. and may not be answering it in the way that we think sure. is correct because our um, societal, societal upbringing has trained our minds to say, you know, I have yeah. gone to the, this school, I've got this degree, I've had you know, X amount of years of experience. I have done this project, you know, X, Y, Z, sure. but somebody's not sharing all that because they're humble and they, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so, um, I think it's a great way, uh, going back to, uh, why, um, you know, the different people are willing to share. It's a great way to just broaden the perspective of others into, you know, the human side of, of, who we are yeah. and um at the end of the day i think it's about building relationships mm -hmm. yeah and and just so that people understand kind of the context this is not like a traveling program this is not people <laughs> who do this over these are literally people who work in and around fairbanks who they are just regular folks that go and do their job that are now coming in to share in this generous way so again it's not like they're professional storytellers right they're just they're <laughs> being people and so I, I just think it's beautiful and uh it every time i get to be a part of it it's like this extra special revelation that um we really all are just people like the things that we're struggling with at a root level your experience may be different yeah. than mine and you maybe have gone through different things than i've gone through but at the at the base layer we're all just people who are like, we want to be known and loved. Exactly. We want to be safe and taken care of. Like all these, this is just the same. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so those are always great reinforcements that regardless of where you are in the country or what you do, we're more alike than we are different. Right. We really are. Um, I do this presentation um, with kindergartners all the way mm -hmm. through adults where I ask the audience, uh, what is it that they look for in a friend? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I write down all the different yeah. characteristics, uh, respectful, kind, sharing, loving, uh, you know, anything that you can yeah. imagine. And the list can vary from group to group, sure. young to older, <laughs> or experienced. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> and then we look at Alaska Native cultural values. And so there's a multitude of different um, 
uh, Alaska Native people groups, right, in sure. Alaska, and they have different cultural values. And uh, so we go through all of them together and then compare them to our list of what we look for in a friend. And every time we see a cultural value that is on our list of friendship characteristics, mm -hmm. we mark it with a star check. Yeah. And um, every single time that I've done this presentation, all of the characteristics yeah. we look for are demonstrated within those Alaska Native cultural values. And it goes to your point in saying that um, at the basic level of who we are as human beings, we share and care a lot about the same things. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me a little more about, about the work you do at, at the school district. Like what is, what is the nature of that for people who may not know? Sure. So um, as an Alaska Native um, education director, uh, I work with a lot of different staff members who are serving our students um, who are Alaska Native and Native American in the school district and uh, different, um, many different ways, um, including, you know, help in the classroom. We're helping, um, you know, go around to all students and making sure that they're understanding the assignments and helping with homework. Um, we also provide, um, cultural awareness and activities and also work with um, students outside of the program in that capacity working with teachers and helping you know everybody learn about our culture we do a lot um, involvement around elizabeth pradovich indigenous people's day um, native heritage activities but we're really trying to embed um, the continual and uh, in, in Let's see. We're trying to continually bring Alaska Native culture and just awareness into the everyday experience. Mm -hmm. So it's not just a, you know, once a month thing yeah. or once a year type of thing. But, you know, we're always embracing the people and the place that we're we're um, a part of here in Fairbanks. And for instance, um, <clears throat> I did a professional development out at Pearl Creek Elementary a couple years ago and was encouraging the teachers um, to, you know, try, try to bring in uh, culturally responsive lesson planning into your practices. Mm -hmm. And uh, myself and uh, a couple friends of mine, Princess um, and Ine, we went through this whole uh, workshop together with the teachers and gave them a little insight into what it was like to go through the assimilation process. Uh, we also had Emily Leon, who's a teacher out at Weller, um, speak to all of the teachers in Yupik and um, to uh, to reenact what it was like to, um, as an Alaska Native person to be told we're no longer allowed to be called our indigenous mm -hmm. name. Yeah. Now we had to be called, you know, John or Mary or Joe. And so she spoke Yupik to everybody mm -hmm. and she, you know, got really in close <laughs> to their face, but she's not an, a but mean person, <laughs> but she's like trying to act <laughs> intense. And, um, they're like, you know, backing up and yeah. wide eyed. And then she's repeating their name over and over in Yupik and they finally get it. And um, so she does this to a multitude of people in the audience. And then we ask them, you know, what it was like to go through that experience. What is it like to receive a new name? How do you feel about no longer having your old name? And we process that as a group and talk about that this experience, you know, was 
maybe 50 years ago, and uh, some of our family members are still reeling from that Mm -hmm. and how important it is to build these trusting relationships with families because uh, there has been so much distrust with Western society and our Native um, communities because of the things, the atrocities that have occurred over history. And so one of the teachers there uh, really grabbed a hold of the message that we are bringing. His name's Jesse Hensel, and he has created an amazing relationship with the Fairbanks Native Association elders, and they come out or do different community activities once a month. Um, they've been doing this for about the last three or four years, and all of the elders you know, interact with Um, all the students that are in like first or second grade at Pearl Creek and they've been berry picking. They um, have potlatches together, go dog mushing. And at the end of the year, you know, uh, Mr. Hensel asked the students, what is your favorite part of the year? And inevitably the majority of the students say, getting to know the Mm -hmm. elders. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really what it's all about because um, as you know, we've grown in Western society as many people have experienced that we disconnected what we can learn from, um, the different ages of people yeah. when so valuable. Yeah, yeah. You have so much to learn from your elders and elders can still learn from the youth and building those connections and, um, learning different, you know, pieces is an, a really important part of life. And he's bringing that back into uh, play right here in Fairbanks. That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, my grandparents, I I still have one living grandfather. um, But I I feel like I had a lot of time with them growing up. But now that they're gone, there's still a lot more that, in hindsight, I wish that I'd really been engaged with because these people did live remarkable lives. And I can, I can remember very clearly um, my grandmother being upset with us. She would come to visit in the summer. Um, and we were just kids in the suburbs and the sub- <laughs> like, we, and so we were watching TV and doing whatever we did. And, you know, she came up through the depression, like she mm-hmm. lived through what was a really hard time from a financial or prosperity kind of way. Right. And we had everything that we needed and we were just kind of like, we weren't rich, but we didn't need anything. Mm-hmm. And, um, she would just cry and just be like, you kids, your parents work so hard. Uh-huh. And and so when I'm 12, I don't know what to make of that. But yeah. as an adult, I realize, wow, you know, the experiences that she had, what what a cool gift to be able to pass down. And so I got some of that. Right. But I do realize that, yeah, I mean, old people, experienced people, <laughs> uh, th- their interaction with youth, I think, keeps them young yeah. and really gives something to them. And then youth need that influence from experienced people to also realize the world isn't, hasn't always been this way. Mm -hmm. And, um, there's a lot we can learn about that. So that's, that's a fascinating part of that culture that I think that you're right. We, sometimes we need to be reminded of that. Uh, you're, you're a, you're a middle name person, right? You go by your middle name. My wife is also a middle name person. Okay. And you're talking about, you know, having your name changed. Yeah. Right. Her first name is Jennifer. And that seems like nonsense to me. Even just saying, <laughs> let's go by your first name. It seems insane to call her. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a set of letters. It's just a word, right? 
but it's not, right? It really <laughs> connects deeply to who you are, who you yeah. feel like you are. and who. So, yeah, I can exactly. only imagine what an experience like that to all of a sudden someone say, this is what everyone's going to call you now. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It, um, you know, and some people, of course, they, uh, through that experience, were like, well, I never liked my name, and this one's way greater. <laughs> That's and, you know, It's kind of yeah. smart. Yeah. Alec responses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, some of them were like, well, I feel like a loss of identity. I don't know um, who I am, you know, with this new name and I don't like this new name and sure. I'm, I'm angry, I'm upset. And so it really creates that empathetic um, feeling. And, you know, on the flip side, you know, being called Yeti Bay from the time I was born um, and my parents and friends and family always calling me that in school, I got teased a lot um, because nobody knew where that came from. It's such a different name and nobody knows how to pronounce it. Teachers would misspell it, say it wrong during attendance, you know, all sorts of things. And uh, we lived outside of Alaska for a couple of years while my mom and dad went to school. We came back when I was in the sixth grade and I went to Pearl Creek actually uh, (laughs) for sixth grade. And I remember um, my name being written on my desk, just like every other kid, but it was misspelled Mm -hmm. and um, kids were already, you know, asking me, uh, what is that name? Mm -hmm. And I was already getting a hard time. And I was like, I I can't do this again. I, I, I just can't go through another school year, you know, feeling different and less than and unaccepted. Those are the feelings that you get when you're made fun of, right? Sure. Um, and so I was like, I don't know who's that name, whose name that is. My name's Heather. And that's mm-hmm. my English name, my first name. And my parents gave me that name, uh, you know, so I could get through life uh, a little easier mm-hmm. and definitely allowed for that opportunity during those, you know, kind of uh, preteen years. Yeah. And so I went by Heather for about three years of my life. <laughs> well, those years, I mean, life's hard enough just exactly. at a baseline yeah, level, right? Exactly. And a then lot you get a weird, weird stuff name. happening when you're in your preteen <laughs> years, let alone, you know, having to also carry some other yeah. challenges like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but as I got older and in high school, there was five or six Heathers at um, mm-hmm. the same high school. And so, uh, you know, close family and friends were still calling me Yeti Bay, of course. Yeah. And so I just went back to being called Yeti Bay full time. Mm-hmm. Um, I still like to throw people off that are my friends when we go order coffee together because I usually will say Heather. <laughs> yeah, like, I guess, what? yeah. I, I've seen enough coffee cups with just average names that are butchered. <laughs> right. I can only imagine what you would get back when you say Yeti Bay. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, so biases, especially unconscious biases right Mm -hmm. so there's the bias that says i recognize that this is different i don't like it yeah right terrible but there are all these unconscious biases that we all carry as well um uh, how do we begin to recognize where um having an open mind to something that's different could really be valuable for us as people to experience something new and that is outside of our normal perspective Mm -hmm. I think um, first we need to all recognize and admit that we have unconscious biases. Everyone does. Uh, We come from different uh, 
experiences, cultures, um, you know, schools, all sorts of things uh, that have shaped our lives. And um, sometimes it's, you know, the advertisements or things in society that have been bombarding us uh, with information that affect our perspective. And I think it's you can see it in pop culture. You can yeah. see it uh, as fads change. You know, these influences uh, are always coming into our lives. And whether or not we realize it, they're there. And so recognizing it first and or at least admitting there are probably some biases that I have. Mm-hmm. I, I know I have them. Uh, and then when you're faced with different situations, um, thinking to yourself, well, how can I overcome this bias? So I, I'm an introspective person to where I often think about my reactions and actions Mm -hmm. before I do them. And, um, I've also read a lot of books about diversity and uh, racism and stereotyping and things like that. And so I, um, have come to understand sometimes the other side of the story, um, the other side of the coin and what other people might think when I'm interacting with them. And so I try to, um, make myself as friendly as possible, uh, because I understand that folks might have a bias towards me. Um, you know, sometimes I have a very serious look to my face and people may think that I um, am not fun or funny mm-hmm. or that I mean or something like that. And so I consciously go out of my way to, um, you know, make myself look friendly by like lifting my eyes a little bit more, or mm-hmm. a slight smile, uh, things like that. And so when I then look at other people and think about, oh, they look like they're, you know, really mean or, yeah. or rough or whatever, uh, I think to myself, oh, well, I know people think that about me sometimes. Yeah. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the, of the doubt and assume that, you know, they're a really nice person yeah. and love to have a lot of fun. And um, maybe we could go out and, you know, for a bike ride or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Play tag. I don't there know. You go. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I think just being open to the possibilities uh, of, you know, life and what other people can bring, um, thinking outside of the box, because as people, we want to categorize we uh we want to label things we want to categorize and you know organize it all in our brains so we can generate an understanding right and we need to do that in some cases exactly there's just too much information like we can't (laughs) compartmentalize things it's about (sighs) making sure we're not doing it to the wrong information right right and so sometimes um because we have that tendency and because we look for like and similar similar things, we have a tendency to form friendships with people that are of a similar, um, you know, look as ourselves. And I think about that, um, in the classroom a lot with our teachers and if our teachers are looking at students that you know remind them of who they were as a young person or their family members are then they might develop a deeper relationship or a connection and cater to that student's learning styles a greater um, amount than a student that may not look so much like their experience but we have to generate lesson plans and experiences for all the students in our classrooms. And it's like that, I think, um, 
in the workplace, in um, everyday life. You know, uh, there's all sorts of different people and we can learn from each and every person. I think that we all have something to teach one another and help one another grow because I believe in lifelong learning. And um, even going back to the classroom, I think a teacher can learn so much from a student. And if we give time for our students to share um, some of their weekend experiences or what happened after school that day or, you know, these different components, then you can create other experiences for all the students in the classroom to learn from. I think about um, some of my time uh, here in the school district and, you know, some of the assignments that we were required to do, which is like a research project, and then you had to do a presentation. Mm -hmm. But you could research anything and present on anything, right? And so I one time did um, moccasins. I researched all about different types of moccasins. And it was the best research project for me because, one, I had my own moccasins. (laughs) And I could talk really well about them. And then I also got to know and learn about moccasins from other um, indigenous cultures and the states. And then when I presented, I was more comfortable. And I got an A. And, and so if we are creating these meaningful experiences for our students uh, and allowing them that um, opportunity to share and connect and show their growth through what they know and yeah. what they're comfortable with, I think we'll see a lot more success. And then same with, you know, the workplace. If we're hiring people that are different from us um, and gaining a bigger perspective of life, it's like, uh, you know, there's the quote about travel and mm-hmm. the, you know, well-traveled person, um, you know, is uh, very open-minded or, or something along those lines. And I think it's very true. The more world that you're able to experience, the more people you're a- able to encounter, the uh, more expansive your mind becomes to accepting the differences and also seeing the similarities so that we can um, make different connections and then also learn from one another. Yeah. Well, l- agree or disagree. Um, when I, as a person who looks like I do, um, have a story in my mind growing up that a person who looks like I do can do pretty much anything they want to do, uh, I am more likely to accomplish more things because the story that exists for me is that that's completely attainable. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Yeah. Do you feel like part of what you're doing is trying to expand the narrative for people who don't look like I do, mm-hmm. um, to say you're a part of that and you have the capability to do things that just because, and we're seeing with Molly Finale, we're seeing some more representation yeah. that's really cool, but that there's not the same level of representation that mm-hmm. says people who look like you can do things like this, right? Um, is that part of your work is to expand that narrative and say the story you should believe about yourself is mm-hmm. much bigger than maybe what you've seen. Yeah, I definitely part of my work and hope and dreams um, in life uh, to expand the um, possibilities for all people, really. Mm-hmm. Um, as a person who comes from a you know multicultural background, I s- shared a very similar upbringing in which I um, was told that, you know, whatever I put my mind to, mm-hmm. I can do it. 
And um, in high school, I ran for um, student body president. I did get my um, form in a little bit late, but I ran as a write-in candidate mm-hmm. and still campaigned and, um, you know, went around to all the different um, areas that you should go um, seek people in mm-hmm. the cafeteria mm-hmm. um, and the uh theater areas, hallways, you name it. I was there sharing about what I was going to do as student body president. And I won the write-in, you know, presidential vote. Um, However, as uh, one of the teachers came up to me that was over the student body um, class council and told me that um, even though I won, I was not a good enough example and that I could not be student body president. And out went my trust yeah. and belief in democracy and fairness and rightness. Um, I haven't let that deter me, but it's been more of a fuel of I can do whatever I want to, regardless of what you think or anyone else thinks, and I am going to do it. I am going to get this degree, no matter how long it takes me. I'm going to become a teacher, no matter how many times it takes me to do this test. I am going to be a successful mother. I am going, you know, I, but I'm a very determined person. I have that personality trait. I'm a Leo. (laughs) I'm stubborn. Um, And I also have a great family who encourages me along the way and has supported me. When I think about my mom and the opportunities that were afforded to her were very minimal. She came from a very poor background, um, as finances would go anyway, uh, very rich in love and culture and um, heritage. but she dropped out of high school uh, due to a lot of the racist remarks that she got here at Lathrop. And um, thankfully, there was a principal there, a vice principal, that told her, at least go get your GED. Mm-hmm. And so she did that, and then she worked on the pipeline. Um, <clears throat> and as she was on the pipeline, she came to realize that uh, she could do a lot more with her life and pursue her passion of biology. And long story short, she's now a medical director at South Central Foundation. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's a long way from dropping out. Of exactly. High school, right? yeah. But she also came from a family that wasn't, you know, encouraging those types of things. Where, yeah. I, as I grew up, she encouraged me. My father encouraged me, and aunts and uncles they were very supportive and whatnot of me seeking and doing the best that I could possibly reach in yeah. life, and are still very supportive of myself and my children. And I think it's important whether or not you have. Um, people that are in your immediate family or friends or whomever that you are um, having folks that can support you along the way because it's it makes a world of difference unless you have a really stubborn you know personality bent (laughs) that can get you to wherever your goals are in life because there are a lot of obstacles along the way there's a lot of frustrations there's a lot of moments where you're like what am i doing this is incredibly hard um 
But if you have that support network or, you know, if you have somebody that you can go and talk to that can encourage you along the way, uh, then I believe that you can do anything. You just have to stick to it long enough, right? It doesn't come overnight. It doesn't (laughs) (laughs) come always easy. And that's what I want to hopefully demonstrate for students when I'm sharing in the classroom Um, Sometimes about my story, we have leadership clubs at the high schools or we'll just have different meetings and I get an opportunity to share a little bit about, you know, the past um, 18 years of my life and share some of those really challenging moments. And because what people see is they see now, right? They see um, the title, they see uh, you presenting to them um, mm-hmm. those different things, and they don't see the hard work, yeah. the tears, <laughs> the the times where you just wanted to stop because yeah. you know it doesn't seem like it's working, or you feel lonely, or all those different um, feelings that come along with uh, the challenges that life brings. And so, hopefully. You know, my story, along with other people's stories, can encourage kids to know um, that they can achieve what they, you know, set out to um, put their goals um, and forward in front of them. Yeah. What do you love most about the work you get to do? Um, I love seeing the kids uh, that I get to hang out with and present to go on uh, bike trips from mm-hmm. PAX into Cantwell with. Uh, in leadership clubs come back and ask me for references to Mm -hmm. college to get into a job to compete in some sort of contest and um, seeing them around town bright-eyed smiley-faced you know whether it's on the job or shopping Mm -hmm. or with their baby and you know it's such a joy to see where they have come from and the growth that they're still uh, you know going through and that is what is makes me so happy um i think about you know the different kids that have had the challenges over the years and how you know the team uh with alaska native education has you know worked together to support them and um then you see them later you know doing that thing Mm -hmm. and it just it makes me so happy and also makes me a little feel old but yeah that's okay (laughs) (laughs) um but uh i really appreciate seeing um people's lives you know just continue on and the smiles um definitely a, a heartwarming experience Uh, if you could visit yourself at some point in the past, what age would you like to go back and visit yourself? And what maybe message would you deliver to that younger version of you? I would probably go back to preteen me, teenage me, and tell my um, sassy little self to um, be happy with the age that I'm at and stop trying to grow up so fast. Mm-hmm. I think um, as a young person, I always wanted to be older. I always wanted to be in my 20s mm-hmm. and on my own and independent and, you know, free from mom and dad and, you know, all yeah. of those types of things. But <clears throat> my 20s was filled with uh, being a parent, <clears throat> mm-hmm. being married, uh, 
you know, very full of responsibilities in life. And, um, had I known that, you know, that was going to be the case, I probably would have, hopefully anyway, maybe I was too stubborn to have listened (laughs) to a future self, uh, but hopefully taking the advice that, um, you know, embrace your age of being a teenager, have fun, um, not too much fun, uh, (laughs) but enjoy it and stop wishing to be older. Let's flip that on its ear here. If this afternoon, a future version of yourself from five or 10, whatever you want, five or 10 years down the road showed up and said, here's where we're at. What do you hope they would say about where you're at five or 10 years? It's not over yet. Um, I would hope that they tell me there's so much more to the journey and you have so much more to experience and adventures awaiting you that, uh, you know, it's going to be, you know, an amazing time. Um, because, uh, at almost 39, um, I feel like I have experienced a lot of, um, amazing opportunities, uh, been blessed to be president of United Way, uh, president of the National Indian Education Association, uh, top 40 under 40 person, uh, director uh, with a school district, administrator, you know, all these different things. And it's kind of like, oh, well, what, what's next? What's next? <laughs> and um, I hope that, you know, there are lots more mm. adventures and that's what I hope my future brings. And um, that I get to experience more amazing people like yourself and, um, come into great relationships that we can, um, make a difference for other people coming up on their journeys. Yeah. Uh, thank you for, for spending some time, um, chatting with me. Thank you for the work that you're doing and for, again, being willing to be generous and vulnerable around some topics that are difficult, but that really we need to be we need to be talking about and we need to be um, really getting a broader understanding of how we all fit together because mm-hmm. that's, I mean, that's just the way forward. I, 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 I can't see it any other way um, for us to survive and thrive as humankind. Right. We got to yeah. do it together. Thank so. you. I really appreciate this uh, opportunity to get to hang out with you and you know, talk about some of the, the tough topics yeah. that... I think uh, everybody should you know, be diving into. It's always a treat. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to The Spark, our weekly email for people who want to do their very best work. All the details are at datelinedigital.com forward slash spark. <laughs>